Thank you for tuning in to The Rate Stuff. I'm your host, Lisa Rate, former cabinet minister in Stephen Harper's government from 2008 to 2015. I'm here now at CIBC Capital Markets, and in this podcast, I'm going to share insights on current hot topics in the areas of public policy, politics, and business with some guests along the way. My guest today is Flavio Volpe. Flavio is an internationally recognized champion of Canada's automotive industry, and he leads the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association. Flavio came to my attention this week in a Globe and Mail column where we were talking about Buy America and the impact that it would have on Canada's transportation industry. I know that Flavio worked very closely with officials on the NAFTA renegotiations, and he ended up actually getting an unexpected and unprecedented increase in regional value content for Canadian automotive suppliers in the new USMCA, which is a significant win for Canada. What we're going to talk to Flavio about today, though, is his latest project. It's called Project Arrow, and we're going to talk about what is needed to make sure that Canada is well positioned for a net zero emission economy by 2050, including in the transportation energy. Flavio, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And we're going to get right into it. I'm going to ask you a simple question that I think people really want to understand, which is you use the term zero emission vehicle. Other folks always tend to talk about electric vehicles. What's the difference? Well, zero emissions vehicles is about targets. You know, what we want to make sure is that nothing comes out of the tailpipe at some point. We're going to reduce that carbon emission. And then at some point it's at zero. Electric vehicle is one solution. So usually when you're talking to government, and listen, I served on uh, both sides of this sphere. In government, you're looking for solutions and you're looking for maybe to dictate the solution. In industry, we say, don't tell us what technology to use. Now, most of the industry is going to go to electric vehicle. But there's a lot of the industry that's betting on fuel cell vehicles. And frankly, I don't like to predetermine what new technology is going to be developed five years, 10, 15, 20 years from now. What's the objective? A clean tailpipe or no tailpipe, that means it's zero emissions, period. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. In the United States, they talk about electric vehicles. In Canada, we talk about electric vehicles. It's obviously going to be one of the pathways to getting to zero emissions, uh, net zero in 2050. Canada seems, though, to be well positioned, I think, for some work, especially in the electric vehicle space. What do you think Canada's strengths and opportunities are? Hmm. Those two don't necessarily overlap perfectly. On the opportunity side, as much of this zero emission matrix is going to be um, electric vehicles, you know, we need batteries. And those batteries need materials like lithium, cobalt, graphite, nickel. And Canada has the biggest deposits of most of those in North America, and probably a top three mix of deposits around the world. And so it's in the ground. And it's great. But you know, we've got to get it out. We've got to extract it you know, profitably. Otherwise, none of these mining companies are charities. We've got to process it, and then we've got to turn it into uh, battery cells and then pack them and put them in cars. What we're missing is this processing piece in the middle. Uh, Who's going to be the ones that turn it into cells? And who's going to do it in the next two to three years when all these companies make commitments on where they're going to buy these cells from? This is where there's a role for the balance sheet of the public uh, treasury saying, okay, look, doesn't matter how much money you have. If the stuff's not in the ground, you're not in the game. So don't worry about that part. And frankly, the automakers are already here and the parts makers are here. Build that bridge in between. Help 
to process those minerals, help to invest in the processing. Industry Minister uh, Champagne said to me, tell me who those companies are. And I said, well, think about Quebec and think about the aluminum companies in Quebec. Those aren't the cell makers. Those are the processors. Somebody's taking that bauxite and turning it into a metal, a malleable metal that we can use. And so we need to get there. And then the other thing I always say is, electric or zero emission vehicles, that's just the table stakes. The whole world is going there because every major jurisdiction is about to mandate 100% zero emissions by the 2030s. What's the difference between an electric vehicle? I'll use electric for this. A zero emission vehicle and an internal combustion engine. In your regular car, you're at 40 volts of power. You know, you start the car with a 12 volt battery and now you're at 40 volts and you can do all kinds of stuff in 40 volts, like your infotainment systems. But in a 100 kilowatt Tesla, you've got 800 volts of power. So an electrified vehicle is a connected autonomous vehicle. And Canada has so much uh, technology know-how in that space, including how do you process that data in real time? We are an AI capital. We're a machine learning capital. When everything's electrified, we should be the center of connected autonomous vehicles, at least in North America, or at least this side of the globe. In my introduction to you today, Fabio, I said that I you caught my attention because of a couple of quotes you had in an opinion column in the Globe and Mail this past week. And it was around Buy America and the concern that you had. Now, you have huge experience dealing with NAFTA. You were there at the negotiating table and you helped shepherd it through. Thank goodness that we ended up getting NAFTA too or CUSMA. But what are you seeing from the Buy American provisions that are being floated in the United States and should we be concerned? Yeah, thanks for that. Every president at least since I've been alive, starts with, I've got a new Buy America package. I'm going to drive economic growth and stability in this country using industrial policy. And all of them either get watered down by Congress or they back off a little bit. And so there's no surprise that Joe Biden would say some of the same things that Donald Trump did. The surprise for us is that it's gone this far, that we have bills in front of Congress right now that have within them a provision that says, if you buy an electric vehicle made in a US plant, comma, especially a UAW plant, you can get up to $12,500 US as an incentive for that purchase. What that does is- Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. It's about the equivalent lease of about 33% of the average vehicle price in the US. So what that does is it motivates a consumer to buy a US made car rather than a Canadian made car, which is a problem for us and, and certainly a problem for Mexico. 75% of the cars we make go there. So. We think it runs counter to their new Kuzma obligations and, of course, the WTO. You can't discriminate by country of origin. If it goes through, it's worse than anything that Donald Trump has threatened us with. And it threatens to unravel any of the gains any of the three countries got uh, through the, the new trade agreement. We're hopeful this week. Uh, we see the prime minister heading down on uh, Thursday to meet with the two presidents. Uh, I'll be there. They need to back off. And if they don't, sure, we'll challenge them. But one of the things they're going to do is they're going to mess up the U.S. auto parts industry, which is something I think they don't understand. If you make a car in Ohio and you sell it to a, a customer in New York or Kentucky and sell it to California, that car never crosses a border. Therefore, is never subject to any of the regional content value obligations in their trade agreements. It's just a domestic car. And so they don't have to achieve, American-based automakers don't have to achieve a 75% content. They can go with Chinese, Vietnamese, Malaysian, great parts, but from somewhere else. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, that's interesting. So you mentioned the prime minister's going down for the three amigos. Uh, I didn't know you were going down. That's going to be, that'll be intense. It's glad to see that 
you're going to be on the agenda, at least talking about this Buy America issue. But you have something else that I think is really exciting. And you've launched something called Project Arrow. Can you tell us a little bit about that and whether or not that's unique in North America? So the Prime Minister challenged us all to think about uh, a 2050 net zero economy, then said, what can you do in your own uh, industry? We'd been demonstrating new transportation mobility technologies on cars that were lent into programs from Toyota Canada. And we've been doing it for six or seven years. You know, you take a, a Lexus RX and you put a bunch of stuff on it and you take it to other automakers or consumer electronics show and uh, all kinds of, you know, encryption technology and telematics. And what we said to the Prime Minister's challenges, we make everything in this country. I'm going to prove it to you. We're going to design, uh, engineer, and build a 100% Canadian zero emissions vehicle. And not a virtual build, not just a virtual build, because we're doing a virtual build and digital build. We're b- building an actual car. And uh, we hired away the chief engineer at Aston Martin to be our chief engineer. And he's working at Ontario Tech University with our great partners there. And uh, we hired away uh, the chief technical officer at McLaren and working with us in our digital build at uh, Windsor-Essex Development Commission's VR cave. We are going to show this car to Canada first at the probably November, December of 2022. And then it's going to go on a tour where 438 companies have signed on to demonstrate the technology they have. So all these car companies around the world are going to build all these at zero emission vehicles. We've got everything from uh, bumpers to uh, LiDAR. And I'm very, very excited about it. We named it after the Avroero. You know, there was a generational feat there. We always talk about its demise, but in it, Canadians who built a, a fighter jet that was twice as fast, flew twice as high as anything anybody else had, after they canceled the project, those Canadians worked for the Mercury and Apollo programs to put Americans in space and on the moon. And we're hoping these Canadians who are working on this arrow stay in Canada to build the future of zero emission vehicles. That's very exciting. I know you're a big public policy wonk, as we call them. I know that you love public policy, even though you're advocating for the private sector now. So I'm going to ask you a public policy question. Zero emission vehicles, electric vehicles specifically, if we are successful in getting people, encouraging them to purchase electric vehicles, whatever policy tools, do we have enough grid for everybody to plug in? Are we going to be missing that piece of whether or not there's enough electrification? We do not. And if our target is 2035, we've got to pull in various sectors of the economy and civil society now. If we plugged in all our cars tonight, we'd blow the transformer on our street. We need to talk to generators, distributors. We need to bring in, I always say this and people kind of shake their head when I say this, but the oil and gas industry has this incredible network of real estate where we show up with our cars to fill up with gas. Why can't they be our charging partners. We need to partner with them with that real estate is this unredevelopable anyway to be part of that solution. We've got to talk to the mining industry. We've got to change our retail and service models. We've got so much work to do. You can get the auto sector to get there, but people vote with their wallets. If you think that you're going to blow the transformer that's on your front lawn, you're not going to buy a, an electric vehicle. And if you do buy an electric vehicle and it does happen, you're going to start looking for options. 15 years is so, I mean, Lisa, you know, you blink and and it'll be 2035. We need partners in this and the whole economy has got to get behind it because the objective, back to your original question, is zero emissions. Rather than let's prescribe the technology, what's our objective? We want to decarbonize our society. So we all have to pay a little bit and we all should win. Otherwise, we're not going to get there. 
I think those are wise words, and I appreciate that. And I agree with you that we make sure that we use the right type of vehicle in the right place for the right purpose, and we'll definitely get there, and we have the ingenuity. Uh, before I let you go, though, Flavio, I want to say thank you very much. At the beginning of COVID, you took a very strong and positive leadership role to make sure that manufacturers were able to use their private sector contacts, their private sector facilities, in order to produce and distribute um, PPE and whatever else we needed for the COVID at the beginning. And I want to say congratulations and thank you. You rose to the occasion, and it's one of the beautiful things that I love about our private sector and civil society working with public sector. When it works, it works really well. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. That was very thoughtful. Great talking to you. Thanks very much. And I appreciate all of your wisdom. I'm sure our clients will as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, if you have any questions or comments or even requests on topics to discuss, drop me a line at lisa.rate at cibc.com. Your interactions actually will make this better. I'm your host, Lisa Rate, and this has been The Rate Stuff. I'll talk to you next week. The materials disclosed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and subject to our code of conduct as well as IROC rules. The information and data contained herein has been obtained or derived from sources believed to be reliable without independent verification by CIBC Capital Markets and to the extent that such information and data is based on sources outside CIBC Capital Markets, we do not represent or warrant that any such information or data is accurate, adequate, or complete. Notwithstanding anything to the contrary herein, CIBC World Markets Inc. and or any affiliate thereof shall not assume any responsibility or liability of any nature in connection with any of the contents of this communication. This is tailored for a particular audience and accordingly this message is intended for such specific audience only. Any dissemination, redistribution, or other use of this message or the market commentary contained herein by any recipient is unauthorized. This communication should not be construed as a research report. The services, securities, and investments discussed in this report may not be available to nor suitable for all investors. Nothing in this communication constitutes a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any specific investments discussed herein. Speakers on this podcast do not have any actual implied or apparent authority to act on behalf of any issuer mentioned in this podcast. The commentary and opinions expressed here in are solely those of the individual speakers, except where the author expressly states them to be the opinions of CIBC World Markets Inc. The speakers may provide short-term trading views or ideas on issuers, securities, commodities, currencies, or other financial instruments, but investors should not expect continuing analysis, views, or discussion relating to those instruments discussed herein. Any information provided herein is not intended to represent an adequate basis for investors to make an informed investment decision and is subject to change without notice. CIBC Capital Markets is a trademark brand name under which Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, CIBC, its subsidiaries and affiliates provide products and services to our customers around the world. For more information about these legal entities, as well as the products and services offered by CIBC Capital Markets, please visit www.cibccm.com.